Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seek, Go, Create podcast where we redefine success. I am your host, Hunter Irving, joined by my co-host, Dulcie Irving. And obviously, we're not Tim. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast before, we have actually been on an episode separately. Uh, And so I'm Tim's son-in-law and my wife is obviously i'm his daughter his daughter so um so it's been about a year since we've been on the podcast we were actually separately on with tim and he was interviewing us uh as well as he always does about life and where we were and the purpose of this episode is for us to be able to connect with you guys even more and let you know where we're at now versus uh, a year ago so uh where are you as a mother now versus where you were a year ago? Well, about one year ago was when we kind of hit rock bottom. Mm. Emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. financially, in, in a lot of different areas. Community. We Community-wise, we were very, very dry. Um, we, I, my birthday, um, we're recording this in October and my birthday was just recently and my birthday a year ago, which was my 30th birthday was potentially the worst of my life. I Mm. kind of fell into a bun, like a pit of depression that just continued to seem to sink further and further that we still don't know if it was COVID related, if it was postpartum related, most likely Mm -hmm. tied to a lot of postpartum, um, hormonal stuff. But, um, so it has been for me, a whirlwind coming out of all of that we have sought counseling which has been amazing Mm -hmm. i've been working with an amazing christian counselor who has helped me um unpack a Mm. lot of things i know that's a word that has thrown out around a lot these days but um maybe more so than unpack she has helped me unlearn Mm. a lot of things and i guess going back to full circle redefining (laughs) success it has been a lot of breaking down mindsets that I was that were instilled in me at a young age, not by the fault of my parents, but just by different puzzle pieces I probably put together. Just works mindset if you're in the Christian circle or just kind of a hustle. Just I got to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone I think would be able to understand and relate to that. So I have been relearning (laughs) how to rest how to um just let god kind of work majorly in my life and without me having to do as much and it's been cool to watch him do that i have stepped aside and let you be the main financial provider of our family which has been Mm -hmm. a major test of a lot of faith for me Mm -hmm. um and i guess as far as motherhood goes it's been a journey of getting my body ready to become yet another mother to another mm-hmm. child. So at the time of this recording, we will have announced that we are pregnant with our second baby, baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very, very excited. That has been a journey just in and of itself, I think, for both of us to get to the point yeah. where we knew I was physically, mentally ready. You were mentally and you were ready for that and yeah so we're both though at a very very excited place and excited to welcome another baby girl in may of 2022 yeah we're very excited definitely uh, a much different uh level of uh, mental health and stability uh with 
this go round versus versus first go round, which was also incredible, but uh, incredible, just but a surprise, challenging, <laughs> yeah, in in some of its own ways. So, okay, there are a few things that you said that I want us to backtrack on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, birthday last year it seemed like everything really Came just imploded <laughs> yeah. on, on your birthday. Do you think that there was some significance there of falling on your birthday? There probably was some significance of just maybe what I'd built my 30th birthday up to be in my mind, mm-hmm. which was, I've never been one to build my birthday up, but just the fact that I was entering a new decade of life. I was leaving one behind. Was I satisfied with everything I had done in that decade? Was I prepared to start a new decade? Mm-hmm. And would I get to the end of this decade and feel more or less satisfied I guess so yeah yeah, I think that probably that was significant and you know if it had come this year I don't know if it would have been any different I think we do know that just a lot was happening last year for everyone still is crazy times we're living in but um I think that it was just a combination Mm -hmm. of a lot of things but um that definitely could have been significant with it being my 30th right birthday yeah and one thing uh leading over into the counseling uh side of things uh one thing that you and i we sat down and had a very adult serious conversation about how do we uh, get ourselves out of this place where we feel very unhealthy in a lot of different areas Uh, a big thing was just uh, continuing to create uh, financial stability for our family. We've been in, incredibly grateful to never have really had need or want of anything, just a desire to grow more in that realm. Uh, but we both decided that one of the best steps we can take to attain that or to reach that level of financial stability was getting our minds right. And that was right that was like our Mm -hmm. really big driving factor for that so how has that affected us in a positive way uh over so many different areas financial uh within our relationship within our parenting the counseling from your side and then i can weigh in from my side because i've actually done a little bit of counseling myself Hmm. so i guess really i just can really see the way it affects me that obviously that's affected the family as a whole Mm -hmm. and just being able to and having the tools to not go into a downward spiral Mm -hmm. I feel like and please correct me if I'm wrong I feel like it's been a long time since I've had that happen and we know that when that happens it affects the entire family if Mm -hmm. that happens to the father it's going to affect the entire family if Mm -hmm. it happens to the mother it's going to affect the entire family if it happens to the child it's going to affect the entire family so I think just like looking at ourselves as a whole, but also as individuals mm. um, and individually really working on ourselves. That has been a game changer for us. And I'm just super, I'm, I'm still just kind of blown away at some of the work God has done in my mental healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been incredible. Yeah. And, and t- to tie things in with the whole redefining success, you really have, in a sense done less Mm -hmm. and received more yes Uh, you have definitely um toned the the amount of effort and energy like in a good way down towards certain things uh, and then actually reaped better rewards wouldn't you say yes um 
And, you know, yeah. really quick pause on that. And then let's go back to the way you think that that has affected our family. If anyone has listened to this, gone back and listened to the very beginning episodes of this podcast, because I, I hesitate to say, oh, I'm this way because my family made me this way. But if you've gone back and listened to the episodes of my dad telling our family's story and his story of leading up, building up to success in real estate, crash of 2008, the aftermath of all of that. There were things even before that time in 2008 where I saw my parents really hustling and working and doing all the things and allowing God in their lives, but they were busting, you know, they, they were busting it. They were working, working really, really hard. I thankfully always got to see them because they were working from home, but I kind of just had in my mind, I saw the culture that they were placing themselves in and that was what I thought success was. Mm -hmm. And so when they actually, they went through their whole process of kind of stepping back, seeking peace, God kind of letting, speaking to them. I didn't go through that when they went through that. You were, you were already out of the house. I was right? out of the house. I was in college. So I was, you know, kind of working hard, hustling my own self, graduating in three years because I didn't want to pay four years of student, worth of student loan debt, all these things. And um, it, it, yeah, it, that was a lot. And then going into just the world, I had a, a, a wrong outlook mm -hmm. on the way I needed to pursue and achieve success. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's where a lot of my, what this year has been. It has been what my parents went through almost a decade ago, where I have been able to seek peace, trust God, mm -hmm. let him work in my life. And it's been amazing. Yeah. And then again, a lot of this may come across as counterintuitive almost because you're you're spending less uh less energy and time on the grind which there's a time and place for that i believe but for you right now in this season has not been the time or place for that it's been for you to be to to just to be present to be uh, a wife and a mom and you've done an incredible job uh with with that and with those responsibilities which are very very significant responsibilities uh, but then uh, another thing that may come off counterintuitive for certain people is you were talking about how you, you're unlearning things, mm -hmm. right? So in my mind, when you say that from a, just a general listener is like, you're going to just take all of these things that you learned throughout childhood into your adulthood, and you're going to take certain pieces of that and you're going to throw it away almost. What, where's the value in that? Well, I think that we all just, we have just layers of paradigms just mm. being put on top of us throughout our life from things that our parents say, probably most of the time, meaning well, things parents say to us, grandparents, teachers, peers, mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's, I heard someone use a good example the other day. They never wore their, like for the longest time, they never wore their hair in a ponytail because a boy mm. in school told her it looked restrictive. And her husband in, later in life asked her, why do you never wear that? You know, it's, it's, wow. that's, that's, and that's just like a small example, but like, you know, look at, you, you're, if you're told to think a certain way about work, mm -hmm. then, or, or you see something modeled kind of a little bit in your situation yeah. with your father, you maybe even go the opposite way. Sure. Um, so yeah, that, I think that that is where um, it's been very valuable. I think that it's a 
an unlearning and then a relearning. Like, what is it that God actually says about this? Yeah. What is it that I choose to believe about this? How do I want to operate in this in my life? Yeah, that's that's so good. And I like that example because I, I think that drives home something as silly and as flippant as, as you know, hey, you look funny in that ponytail. And, and then that translates over so many years of carrying that right i still don't wear flashy shoes because my dad told me when i was a child i don't want to be looking at your i don't want to be distracted by your feet which actually is good advice i guess but i don't wear hot red shoes yeah yeah and thanks it, dad yeah that good stuff tim um yeah and that's just it it goes to show i'm taking this in as a young parent the uh the weight uh, like the good and healthy weight that we carry as uh, as parents on the things that we need to be careful to say or not to say around our kids especially when they hit that age of just uh moldability i guess um so that's i like that yeah so what do you feel we benefited from Mm. with my counseling or counseling yeah um in the way that's rippled throughout so many areas of our life. So you you led us off with the counseling. I think you did, um, I forget how many sessions you did before I jumped in. Uh, like uncountable. It was um, a lot. Yeah, in the, in the double digits of, of um, sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I came in and did a couples with you. I think it was the first time with the same uh, woman. And, um, and it was, uh, you know... It, it was good. It, we talked about some, some specific things and it was nice to just have someone to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's so much value in, in getting that from someone who, um, first off, they're good at it. And secondly, they don't, they don't know you on a deep relationship level. They're just kind of a third party, you know, looking in from the outside and they just, she just knew the right questions to ask. Um, and so I think that was the great value is it just created a dialogue of, of openness to just discuss life and mm-hmm. past hurts and future ambitions and such. And so uh, that, that was the value in it for me. And then I um, went in and had a, a solo session. And again, you know, not really knowing what I needed to do or work on like it was good. And we, we talked about some things and, you know, it, it was definitely beneficial. Uh, but I could really see the, the value that it was bringing for you where it was, it's like it was anchoring you throughout, um, certain times where maybe the, uh, the weight of the world would come really close to crushing you. You seemed to be able to, handle that way or transmit it uh, towards uh, um, an, uh, an outlet that it needed to be transmitted towards in our faith background that would be transmitting it onto God and, and, you know, casting our cares on him. And I saw you really actively doing that. And that came after the counseling. And, and then, so fast forward, actually just very recently, I've always been the personality to be the the counselor. It's just how I've lived my life. And so I hit a point where I realized that there were a lot of, uh, of my own issues, nothing 
you know, crazy, but I had some things that I had buried, especially since, uh, having Adari, our daughter in 2020, uh, a lot, lots of concerns and fears and control, controlling thoughts and such, um, that I had as a father that I just kind of buried deep down cause I didn't want to scare you. So I didn't want to talk to you about it. I didn't really have, again, at that point in time, we didn't really have community like we do now, which our community is incredible right now. It's amazing. Uh, which is something else that we should, we should, um, cover in a little bit. But, uh, all of that said, I ended up sitting down having a counseling session on uh, a couple of these major things that were really weighing on me. And, um, and it was, it was incredible and it set me free from those things. And it's, it really is like, uh, I know this is a commonly used term in this kind of realm, but it was like a veil was lifted off where I was kind of walking every day with this fog over my eyes. And like, I could see everything in front of me, but I couldn't see very far. I didn't, I didn't know, or I didn't trust what an outcome would be, which is probably what a lot of people are dealing with right now with the craziness of the world but it, I've just got to a point of peace and trust that regardless of what ends up happening in our future for our kids or for our families or our kids kids that I'm trusting that it'll be okay and I'll actively do what I need to actively do and I'll fight the battles that I feel like um, God is telling me to fight but I'm still going to lay my head down at night and say, God, thank you for being who you are. And I trust you. And so that was a big reshaping for me. And I believe that since then, which again has been very recently, that has released me to get back into my groove and, and pursue some things and keep some disciplines going in my life. Whereas before, I think it really demotivated me in a lot of areas. Um, so so what are some of those new habits and disciplines you have implemented and or you know sought out you've, you've mm-hmm. kind of been doing a lot of great personal work the yeah. past six months mm-hmm. or so so yeah why don't you tell us about that i um really wanted to get back into uh working out and doing strength training and or strength training uh, and i uh, was doing that uh, relatively well over the summer and doing it on my own, getting up early before uh, Addery wakes up and trying to get home shortly after she's awake or, you know, sometimes before she was awake at that time just to have some margin and to be there to help get our family started for the day. So I think at that time I was getting up anywhere from like 4 to 4.30 in the morning um, give or take, and uh, just p- placing significant value on my uh, workout routines, which then translates into the mental. And it's for me, it's that idea of conquering something very, very early sets a really good tone for me to conquer more things throughout the day, uh, whether that's, you know, just getting work done or encountering a challenge and just being able to withstand that or, or conquer that. And so, uh, as, uh, a few months went by, I was kind of off and on. And, um, one of our good friends, couple friends actually moved back, uh, to town, some of our best friends and, um, he's, uh, big into working out as well. And so we started to go, 
uh, more and, and we've been very consistent with it. It's been very good. Uh, so that said, I had actually, uh, begun to get up later because he didn't want to get up <laughs> that early. Not many people do. And I ended up sacrificing certain things, uh, like my Bible reading and such, uh, for that. A few extra little bit. Yeah. A little bit of sleep. Yeah. And so I, uh, just recently actually went to a men's retreat and, uh, they just talked about some added disciplines that, that you should do just to keep your life anchored and keep yourself centered. And so, um, the Bible reading and the praying and the, and those things that I value, um, that had been gone for a while. I've, I've gotten back into those. So I'm getting up at five now and what that does for me. So I, I plan to be in the gym at six. So I get up at five and I have 45 minutes to spend in prayer or reading. Uh, but what that does is that gets me awake and I'm already alert. I'm not going back to sleep. So that makes getting into the gym much easier because I already have that time set aside and blocked. So it's almost like, well, it's not an option to not go at this point. I'm already up. I've got my energy to, to, to use in that area. So, so let's go. And so I've noticed that getting up that hour earlier versus getting up 30 minutes or only 15 minutes before the gym, uh, it just sets me up for success. And, this is what um, I was talking about in another podcast is positioning myself so that I will achieve the things that, uh, that I want to achieve. That makes the disciplines much, much easier if you can position yourself in the best place rather than forcing yourself to embrace the grit mentality where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to get up even though I feel terrible. It's like, well, or you could position yourself to where you don't feel terrible when you wake up. So it's going to bed earlier and things like that. Um, so working out, reading, and then um, journaling in the evenings and then reading any kind of um, leadership or personal growth type books before I go to bed. So journaling just keeps me uh, in the moment of my day. It keeps me accountable to the things that I believe in. And so I am just taking inventory on how I executed my day the goods and the bads. I celebrate the wins, I acknowledge the losses, and I build upon that. And that doesn't take me any time at, at all. I don't commit tons of thought and energy towards it. It's just kind of, hey, this is my day. Here's the good stuff, here's the bad. Then I read, so I'm currently reading um, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, and so I'll read a chapter, and then you and I usually kiss each other goodnight and I want us to pray more actually before we go to bed mm -hmm. uh, and then we go to bed and the beauty of that is there are no screens ideally there are no screens in that nighttime routine and we're working both very diligently on that that's been something that I have been pushing for for years you now you and have. you're like oh but my video games and you know which you're not doing as much now or, no. or even just like you know sitting and watching a video on our phones or you know scrolling Instagram we've been so much better about that recently and I'm very very thankful for that and I'm like yes like talking about just getting good sleep we I think you know I feel like we there's so many tips and tricks thrown around. There's books written about it. Mm -hmm. A ton of studies come out recently, but I'm wanting us to <laughs> 
crunchy me over here if anybody <laughs> gets that word like you know super health conscious all the things i want to turn off our wi-fi at night i'm like ordering a timer to be able to have it shut off at a certain time and shut back on turn back on at a certain time i want the the light blocking glasses not we have like the blue the screen blocking glasses mm-hmm. but like the glasses that turn everything red the, i don't know i don't know the right side are those term. the ones that are like yellow lenses yeah they're and... kind of like a yellow lens and they kind of make everything seem like firelight or something mm. like art of the artificial light like that we red, have like the red light yeah, kind of, yeah yeah and so it helps like prepare your body for sleep more mm-hmm. um just in this first trimester already i've tried so hard to incorporate different things um, leading up to sleep to make sure that I'm getting the best sleep possible because I just have a little bit of pregnancy insomnia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've been both going to bed really early and it's been really fun to watch you kind of jump on that train with me since I've kind of been on yeah. the, the good sleep ritual you've, train for a while. You've been towing the line for a while, that's for a sure. A lot of my prayers for what I wanted Hunter to join me, <laughs> join in on, join with me on have been answered in yeah. recent months. <laughs> D- diet. So, so again, oh, diet. our, our, the purpose of this podcast is to say, Hey, this is where we were a year ago. This is where we are now. We're definitely, uh, if you can't tell, we're in a lot better place. And so diet's another thing. Um, we've, uh, I mean, you've always eaten really well. And being the, the the chef of the family, that translates into all of our eating habits. But I definitely um, have had my my times of, of snacking and wanting to to binge on some uh, lesser healthy uh, foods. But uh, as of recent, and I think I can attribute this to the the working, working out, out lifestyle mm-hmm. and actually having a plan and a um, a vision for what I want to look like and how I want to feel. I think that plays a significant role is just having a vision for that. And, and, and it's just, yeah, some of these foods, they're not an option if I want to attain what I'm pursuing. Right. And you've actually noticed how that's affected your mental state too. Just recently when you were on that men's retreat, you ate foods that you had not had Mm -hmm. in a while. And how that affected you mentally i mean you're only 25 like it shouldn't even then really food should not be affecting you that much but it's powerful to see apparently it does yeah Yeah. it does um and it's yeah food i don't think i've ever had in my entire life like a boiled bratwurst what the (laughs) heck is that and yeah and just like heavy stuff and you know biscuits and gravy and just all kinds of things and so i i i almost felt like drunk Mm-hmm. afterwards like mm-hmm. my head was swimmy and I couldn't really think straight and I was forgetful and 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 I went into workout and and I wasn't as strong like I literally mm-hmm. wasn't lifting the weight that I was just from a poor diet for like three or four days and so that was huge to me and and you know my response was like eat better and sauna <laughs> like yeah. sweat it all out like yeah. i hit the sauna like three or four times uh, this past week and so yes so diet as well has been um very important and it's been tough recently just because you are the the chef of the family and, and you've had kind of a tough time in first trimester with food aversions and and energy and stuff like that and so um, we're doing, we're doing what we can. We're probably mm-hmm. not doing our best right now, but we're getting we're... there. I'm slowly coming out of the, yeah, yeah, all of that. So, so to shift topic again, we live in a society where 
a lot of families our age, both parents are working or, mm-hmm. um, and just like where it's, it's very common and mm-hmm. I don't see myself not working, but we've shifted this season to where I am working very, very, very part-time mm-hmm. and you have kind of stepped up and taken more of the provider role. Mm-hmm. How have how have all those disciplines impacted that? And mm. just how are you handling that just on, on your own with your, the way your vision of work mm. and success? Yeah. Um, the disciplines definitely play a significant role just because uh, we're both self-employed slash contracted out for what we do. So uh, I'm a, I'm working with a a tech company right now. It's all remote work. And I, I don't have in, I'm not in an environment, nor do I have anyone that is keeping tabs on me to get my stuff done, right? It's all me. I have to hold, I have to lead myself. I have to hold myself accountable and I'm doing it out of the comfort of my home, which for those of you who've maybe never worked from home, that sounds incredible, but it, you have to be very disciplined to work from home because it can be very easy to be distracted or to uh, give your time away to things that you don't need to be giving your time away to. And so uh, I actually have a reminder in my phone daily that tells me to check my schedule before I commit to anything because my personality is one that will, that's very, uh, I'm not, impulsive like I used to be Mm -hmm. but my tendencies can be more impulsive and I'm a very adaptable personality and so when those uh, opportunities to be adaptable come through it it actually excites me and 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 it's a fun thing for me but it can also be very detrimental towards my current responsibilities Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm really making sure that I do that, just taking inventory on what my day looks like and what uh, what I absolutely have to do, non-negotiable. And if that doesn't align with some sort of opportunity that comes my way for that day, then I'm going to have to say no to it. So that that's a big part of my disciplines is having that reminder. And then, of course, <clears throat> the disciplines that we just talked about. The working out is, is huge. I can't say that enough. Just that sets the tone so well for my day where I've, I've exerted some energy. I've, I am awake. I am alert by easily by six thirty or seven. My day is typically starting at eight and I, I just have that energy and that capacity. And I have all of that time, all that margin in the morning to be thinking about what the rest of my day looks like rather than like stumbling into my day and then tackling responsibilities and and tasks and things without really putting any kind of mental energy towards it beforehand and and it's like it's like it's a it's a strategy right you don't you don't make a move in chess before analyzing what's in front of you and it, i get that opportunity to do that every day and it's very helpful for me so all of the disciplines and then the, the, the journaling is also keeping me anchored because I know that if I don't do what I set out to do throughout the day, I'm going to have to answer to myself when I'm journaling in the evening because I will assess, okay, what, this is what I did today. Did I do what I wanted to do? And my question now to myself is, did I win the day? Did I do what I set out to do? 
And I, so I'm accountable to myself. It's like I'm checking, I'm taking inventory on myself at the end of the day. So that's those anchor points at the beginning and the end make the in-between flow very, very well. So in short, to answer your question, all of those disciplines impact my work uh, significantly and they are essential. They're non-negotiable now. And so how has um, work from your past, um, the way you've seen others work, how has that all affected you coming into a season where you've been okay mm-hmm. with being a hardworking provider? Yeah. Say, that's a weird way to ask that, but you know where I, I'm I, going with that. I, I've definitely, throughout fatherhood and even times leading up to um, becoming a father, I've never wanted to be the dad that's just one thing that's just the provider or the dad that's just the teacher or whatever the emotional support i i want to be able to be what my kids need me to be in any given moment i guess within you know a realistic sense i i want to be emotionally available to my kids i want to be Uh, providing for them so they have plenty of opportunities i also want to be providing so we can we can go and do things and create memories like those are all my my motivations and for me growing up seeing uh, friends parents or even even my my own father working very very hard uh, and that being very inspirational i've said it so many times my dad is the hardest working man i've ever seen in my life uh but the uh, the separation can can still fall in line there. Where my dad, although he worked really really hard and he worked very very well, and and I and I love and respect him tremendously. Um, he he wasn't around as much as as my mom was, or or so forth. And so I I just want to I don't want to overcorrect and and just be around too too much or or overly and not be providing and so i think throughout this journey i've just been trying to find that level of of availability for my kids while also creating and building wealth for not just our children's generation but multi-generationally is our vision and and so finding ways to do that and there you know there will probably be times and seasons where I'm, I'm more, I'm investing more time into one than the other. And I, I acknowledge that, but I've definitely had my own frameworks that I've had to work through and probably am still working through, but I've definitely believe that now more than ever, am I closer to that point than I have been before. So what is your, um, your, like you said, you're working for a tech company. You recently got out of another sales position. Mm-hmm. We both are still kind of helping some of the background of the podcast stuff mm-hmm. all tick and work the way it needs to. But what are your future visions, goals? Um, you know, I don't think you quite have just, you know, a five-year plan, but mm-hmm. it, what are, what is it that you are pursuing now? Yeah. I, so I've been in the sales realm for close to what five years now and uh it it i've learned so much from doing sales just talking with people and compelling people and and, and 
pushing them in a direction in a healthy way. So lots of leadership from that and communication that I've, that I've gained out of that, just very valuable, uh, skills and tools. But, um, that especially being a hundred percent commission with some of those positions, um, it can be as a father and as a husband, it can be very stressful because the highs are very high and the lows are very low and it can literally go on a week to week. And so, um, just seeking more stability, which is where, um, we're seeing that with this, um, tech company that, that I'm doing work with. And, um, but all that said, I, um, I know that I have some, some skills that have been uh, gifted to me of, um, one-on-one conversations and helping people dream and helping people uh, find ways to pursue those dreams. And so I am currently in the building stages of my own uh, coaching practice. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I think that I've always wanted to do things in the coaching realm, but being uh, a younger guy, I always felt like that was like a like a gentleman's game, like an, you know, like an older guy's game where they've, they've lived life and they've got experience. the experience. Yeah. And, um, it was actually really interesting. I, um, I ran into kind of an acquaintance of mine. I didn't know him very well. He's going through some really tough life things. I, I knew that. And so I didn't want to ask him about all that. I was kind of taking the coach route and I was like, dude, what are you, what are you planning for? What, what are you excited about? And he said, uh, oh, I'm, I'm getting into coaching, life coaching. And I was like, what? Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, you're a mess. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be coaching other people? But obviously I didn't say that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I walked away from that. And he's like my age. I walked away from that. And I'm like, it's actually incredible that he's not discrediting himself. Because mm-hmm. he probably has so many reasons to not do this but he's pursuing it anyways. And that was very inspiring to me. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like, why am I not doing this? This is a disservice to myself, to my family and to the people that I could really impact. So that was a big kind of starting point for me. And, um, again, now we're kind of in the building stages and just developing some strategy and get some things going on that. But that's, um, that's definitely the, the, the dream and the vision for me right now outside of my my other pieces of work is is getting this uh, this coaching practice going yeah that's definitely going to be when you're fully operating in that it's going to be you operating in your zone of genius for sure because you yeah. you have for those that don't know we when even before we got married we were both in ministry together it was always our plan to be pastors and um build you know build the church but god like really put a stop to those things in our Mm -hmm. life which we still i think are on like we're still processing all that but i think god's given us a lot of oh i was saving you from certain things like we've seen that just with the state of the world um and just different ideas that we had had so we we know that god's hands is in that but Mm -hmm. it's really cool to see your heart behind this Hmm. and especially kind of the niche that you're wanting to get into it's mm-hmm. really cool seeing how god's using yeah all of those that pastor's heart in you and those skills that you have in communication and counseling others to basically do ministry yeah so what is the focus that you want to do uh so i want to coach uh young fathers specifically and help them 
in the uh, three significant areas that are probably pain points in their lives. And that would be uh, their work, their marriage, and their children. Uh, the three main things that would describe you as a father, but also the three things that um, are probably most important to you. And depending on where you're at, they could be uh, very uh, challenging for you as well. And so, um, yeah, I, the, the, the topic of fatherhood and good fathers, especially in our country, in the U.S., is um, it's a tricky one because there are a lot of people uh, who their dad wasn't around or their dad wasn't very great. That's how the story was for my father. Um, I know that that's how the story has been for some, some people on your side of the family. And, and so um, it's just a very, the rippling effect of being able to um, help guys get really good at being dads is, I don't even think you can put a number on it. I don't think you can place a value on the generational impact that, that we could leave if we can impact fathers and inspire them to be great to their kids which will then inspire them to be great to their kids right and it just goes on and on and so that's the that's the vision that's the value is is coaching young fathers but not limited to that right if you if 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 someone comes to me and they're not a dad that's okay like uh, we can still we can still coach and things but that's the primary focus young fathers that's awesome so do we want to, we've gone way over what we said yeah, we were going to, yeah. but do you want to wrap up by talking about kind of physically where we are placed right now mm-hmm. in a really cool way with community based on what, where we've been mm-hmm. the past couple of years? Yeah, we, um, it, I think a part of it was circumstantial. Circumstantial, we were planning, always planning on leaving Colorado Springs. Yeah. We're still here. We're still here. <laughs> I think a lot of it was circumstantial. Um, we were kind of the first of our friend group to get married and then the first of our friend group to have kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, if you've ever gone through that, uh, you like there actually, I can't remember where I read this, but um, people typically lose like 40% of their friends when they have, mm. a, have a kid for the first time. Uh, which is really interesting and 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 we could attest to that yeah. just not on a dramatic level it's just you know we're not as well connected to yeah. certain people and so um yeah so that's a lot of what happened we just we've also had a lot of friends move away move away um yeah. while we were just sitting here waiting to also move away to go mm-hmm. build community elsewhere but it's been really cool through like it's funny you say you lose so many friends when you have a kid, but the way God has used us being parents to gain so many friends. Some of our really good friends were the only other couple that we mm-hmm. that were in our birth class with mm-hmm. Adoree, and yeah. their little boy was born three weeks before ours. And she and I have been like super close, and it's been amazing. And sh- they led us to a new church community, a mm-hmm. new small group community that has just been. It's there. I think of the you know, 10 couples or so, there's like 20 something kids among yeah. all of us right now. And all it's, it's crazy like... when we're all together, but it's so much fun yeah. and so rewarding. And we've, like you said earlier, we've had some really good friends move back in town and it's just really mm-hmm. cool to see the way we've been questioning for so long. Why on earth are we still 
here. <laughs> but to see the way God has like planted us in a church community, to see just how it's we're never for lack of plans mm-hmm. or getting together with someone. Um, yeah, it's just been really, really cool. And, you know, something completely unrelated, my mom and I were talking about, I have found a midwife that I absolutely adore and told Hunter, I'm like, we will stay here mm-hmm. to have all of our children. <laughs> like this woman is amazing. So, and she's like, Hey, look, if you had moved, you would have never had that, you know, Very probably true. would have found someone else, but just yeah. it's, it's, we're supposed to be here for this season. And right now we're just believing for a little bit extra space. Mm-hmm. We could totally make two kids work in our space, small little two bedroom. Well, we don't want to, we don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> so just believe, especially since we both work from home. So mm-hmm. Yes, that's the next thing we are just trusting and believing God for. But when we first in July talked about getting pregnant again, we kind of gave God a few things mm-hmm. saying, okay, if this, you know, not, not demanding necessarily, but like, if this is what, if this is the timing you want for us, we, we want, you know, more steady income, which he gave us almost immediately. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing was we want more space and mm-hmm. we just, we believe that that is coming. Absolutely. So, um, and we are just, it's again, back to the community thing. We feel very surrounded and mm-hmm. loved, which is a lot since we don't have family where we live. And I also think with a with a healthy community, you feel this sense of responsibility mm. in a really healthy way mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I see these other guys, you know, whether they're dads or newly married or whatever, but they're awesome. And there's like the decisions I make when they're not around, I it's like I feel this healthy obligation where it's like I'm – Hey, I have this uh, incredible opportunity to be uh, your friend, and hopefully, from that, I can inspire you and help you pursue great things. So it's like I, I just feel like this, like I owe it to you to to live my life out in the best way that I feel like I can live it out. And and so that's the power of community for me is I know it makes me better just having people close people around that i can talk to and converse with and and add value to well it's that concept like you know two different concepts i guess the rising tide lifts all boats i feel like we've definitely Mm -hmm. been placed in that kind of community and you know you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with yeah and a few years ago we actually yeah even as soon as a year ago we sat down and kind of looked at the people that were in our lives Mm -hmm. and i think we both kind of knew the answer but we were like okay we're going to pray about this like God, is there anyone, you know, sounds harsh, anyone we need to eliminate from our lives, which Mm -hmm. I don't think we didn't do that, but we definitely distanced the amount, distance ourselves in less than the amount of time that we are spending with certain people Yeah, because it just felt like just this repetitive, not going anywhere. Groundhog day type. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's been, that's been really good. It has, it has. And our pastor this morning actually uh, I was gonna say that <laughs> yeah he had a great quote it was um, you can't live the right life if you have the wrong friends mm-hmm. and I think we can all devi- define that for ourselves and I think that we should be friends to all people yes but defining your inner circle or like the those close five you know put that in air quotes it doesn't have to actually be five but those close people we should be very intentional with that and mm-hmm. Um, I think that you and I have been recently and we've seen the the positives that have come from that. So, And 
just to also say there was a long period of time where we were not sewing in to other people mm-hmm. mainly because we just didn't really have many people to sew into we, did, we didn't look very hard we didn't either but but i think that you know the concept of sewing and reaping we have really seen that play out mm-hmm. for us because we have we made the choice mm-hmm. probably subconsciously i don't even know if we did it and said this is exactly what we're going to do this year to make build community and make more friends but yeah. we just we made the choice to show up when it was uncomfortable. We made mm-hmm. the choice to have the conversations that needed to be had and build deeper relationships. And it's really shown up in some really cool ways in it our has. lives. It so, has. yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. Yep. Thank you all for listening. And remember, continue to be all you were created to be. Mm-hmm.